0: Uh, You know, Mother Teresa once said that the most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. She called loneliness the leprosy of the West. So there's this paragraph called The Innovation of Loneliness, and it says, Man is a social creature, and the feeling of loneliness can drive him mad. Yet the Western and modern world sanctions individuality. The individual is measured by personal achievements such as having a career, wealth, self-image, and consumerism. In this course of action, many people lose their social and familial connections in favor of a self-actualization ideal. As the social fabric in the western world weakens, it's not surprising that more and more people define themselves as lonely and thus Loneliness has become the most common ailment of the modern world. It's time to wake up to your awakening and become aware of being human. Human beings being love. It's time to be the tree soaring up above with roots deep, oh, so much love with branches reaching up to the one. Welcome to the Be The Tree Podcast. We can be surrounded by and even in the center of groups of people and still feel very lonely. Often, all our interactions are nothing more than, hey, good to see you. I've been regularly attending one of the biggest, if not the biggest church in Fayetteville for the last four months or so, and have barely really gotten to know anyone. But I get tons of, hey, good to see yous. I kind of refer to it as the good to see you church. I spent 17 years in full-time ministry in a church denomination. And even though I was engaging with so many people, I found myself feeling really alone. My heart felt famished. I didn't feel understood, I felt different. At that time I had a photography side gig called Invisible Photo. My Instagram name was Mr. Invisible. I had also written a song called Mr. Invisible. I think the reason I wanted to start your flock life so bad was because I was very familiar with loneliness in my own life. And I wanted to create a solution for myself and others who felt the same as me at the same time I was trying to start your flock life I ran into someone online who was also addressing the issue of loneliness Daniel Eisenman was holding weekend retreats in different places around the world he described his retreats as follows hacking the rat race and upgrading the matrix we get fun comfortable, and practice real relationships. Moving beyond agreement-based connections, we get people out of their heads and into their hearts, and teach self-acceptance through self-expression to help them gain clarity and freedom in their lives. It's health through honesty. People were paying thousands of dollars just for one week or one weekend of this intimate connection experience. Daniel's description of intimacy is to be fully known and accepted, not half known, not half loved, or accepted for a character or an image that you portray, but for who you really are. This seemed perfectly in line with what I wanted to do with your flock life, but I didn't want it to be just a weekend experience with a bunch of strangers. I wanted it to be local and ongoing, building and building, but I wanted to learn everything I could about what they were doing in these retreats to create this intimacy. It turned out that Daniel had just written a book called Breaking Normal. It wasn't published yet, but you could become a part of his book club online and receive a copy of the manuscript to read and discuss among the Facebook group. The book just happened to be all about the exercises that they were using in their retreats. I had to be a part of this. So I joined the book club right away and jumped right in. The main premise of this book was to break normal, or to do things that push the boundaries of your comfort zone, especially in regard to relationships. So, one of the activities the book club received was to post a personal video where you were encouraged to ask for something that was challenging for you to ask for, with no attachment to the answer. It could be as big or as small as you wanted it to be. It could be anything. I decided to post a video of myself sharing my personal cell phone number and asking anyone and or everyone in the group to just give me a call. Why? Because I hated talking on the phone and it was a pretty weird and random thing to ask a group of strangers who knew what would happen. Well, three people ended up calling me and out of those three I was having a very long and meaningful and heartfelt conversation with one of those people. Let's just call her Eve. And that phone call led to more phone calls. We both had an interest in partnering up with someone to practice the exercises that we were learning about in the book, so we decided to try the ones that we could do over the phone together. Meaningful kinds of question-and-answer exercises. And then, we decided that since we only lived three hours away from each other, we could meet halfway and do some more of the other exercises in person. We soon developed a real relationship through this. It was pretty exciting. We had both craved this. The Bible says, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. When you have a famished heart, like I did, let's just say it's not best to get into a real relationship with a married woman who just happens to be a very attractive Brazilian with a beautiful personality. Just saying. What started out as innocent and pure and platonic began to develop, at least in my heart, into a desire that I neither expected nor wanted. It also didn't help that my greatest weakness up to that point had been kind of like love addictions. Back in those days, I'd also been struggling with pornography. This was all a result of my famished heart. A famished heart will seek out anything to quench its despair and its longing for external validation that it's loved and valued. This is the root of all addiction, really. According to Feels Like Redemption by Seth Taylor, when we use pornography or other types of drugs It's because some part of us believes this is the best thing for us. Some part of us believes this thing will give us what we need at the deep levels. For instance, the use of pornography can be, and usually is, much deeper than the need for sexual release. The unconscious self seeks the deeper fulfillment of a need, the need to be accepted and loved in all its idiosyncrasies. And then from the book, Wild at Heart, it says the evil one has basically two ploys. If he cannot get us to kill our hearts and bury our desire, then he's delighted to seduce our desire into a trap. Once we give over our desire for life to any object other than God, we become ensnared. So essentially this quote is saying We tend to either just kind of become complacent in our lives, like numb, like we just kind of sit trance-like in front of TV every night after work because uh, we're giving our mind over to programs coming through the channels, or we just get caught up in an unbalanced way into, I mean, it could be anything like sports or hobbies or pornography or any kind of addiction. Whatever can seduce our desire and misdirect it. There were so many beautiful things about the relationship I had with Eve, but my heart just wasn't in a healthy place at the time. It was too vulnerable for this kind of temptation. Our relationship, which had started out so perfect, ended with the two of us making out in a hammock one perfect afternoon next to a majestic waterfall and it wasn't long before i was going through a separation with my wife of 23 years and moving out of the house with just some bare necessities my clothes into an apartment with no furniture or even a bed to sleep on the whole thing was so devastating that i dropped my membership in the church that i've been so involved with for so many years and I didn't even speak a word to God for the entire next year. My relationship with Eve? Well, that also ended. She decided it would be best for her to uh, attempt to restore her broken marriage and for us to have no communication. I crumbled to ashes. This was the planting of the seed Sometimes it takes a major crisis or something like that for us to be planted. For us to have a break in the monotony that prevents real growth in our lives. It's like we can get root bound and the pot just becomes too tight sometimes. It's been said that nothing moves around in the pan until you put a fire under it. That's often so true. This was the most painful period of my life. The seed getting pushed into the soil and just laying there in the dark with no idea of what's coming next? Anybody else ever felt that way or maybe you feel that way right now? The reason I'm talking about loneliness and despair and crisis is because it's often a catalyst to a true metamorphosis. It can be the start of a complete overhaul. It's like the phoenix. It comes out from ashes. There was an inferno that burned everything to the ground. Sometimes we have to be flat on our backs and burned to a crisp to really look up. But that's also the place where magical germination can start. So join me next week as we get into the first phase of metamorphosis, the seed phase. Some of you may recognize that's exactly where you are right now, or as we get into it further, you'll, you'll see that that's where you are right now. Some of you may have gone through it already, and some of you might not have even been planted yet, and have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about right now. I definitely don't recommend the path that I took to get here. There are much less destructive ways, Sometimes we'll find ourselves adrift, and sometimes we'll be adrift and find ourselves. See you next week. I wish you the very best. May you find the life that is truly life and live it fully. May love flow into you and through you like a conduit from the source of all hope and comfort. Life is a dream. Wake up.